Salsa shark. We're gonna need a bigger boat. Throughout history, they have been a part of our American life. Men and women who have made it their mission to serve their fellow man. They've worked hard enough. Isn't it time? They had their own movie. Clerks. This job would be great if it wasn't for the customers. I, I don't bother them and they don't bother me. I could do without the people in the video store. Do you have that one with that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? You should hear the barrage of stupid questions I get. What do you mean there's no ice? You mean I gotta drink this coffee hot? You'd feel a hell of a lot better if you just rip into the occasional customer. <laughs> You're a clerk, paid to do a job. You can't just do anything you want while you're working. Convenience store, do you run here? Miramax Films presents. You think anybody can see us down here? Why? Do you want to have sex or something? <sighs> can we? Clerks, just because they serve you doesn't mean they like you. You hate people, but I love gatherings. Isn't it ironic? Featuring new music by Soul Asylum, Corrosion of Conformity, Bad Religion, The Jesus Lizard, and music by Alice in Chains. And now, when did that come out? Part of the Real Change Movie Podcast. Thank you for hitting the download and welcome to the season premiere of When Did That Come Out? <laughs> I'm not saying anything. I know. I'm not saying I know. I know. We've completely bungled this uh, intro several times. We're just going to go with it. Uh, if you know season one, then you understand the concept of it. And this is season two. Now, if you're they'll... a new listener, screw you. Screw you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's one year, 12 films. That's the end of it. So <laughs> starting with, from January to February. Um, so a lot of people uh, actually asked me, if we were going to go like from year to year, like because the first season we did 1986, well, obviously we would do 1987. No, not, not necessarily. Um, we are more prone to go for what we feel are our favorite years of film. And the years that uh, we always talked about uh, were 89, 94, 99. Always talked about, and even, 80, even 84. Uh, yeah, with those five-year intervals. I'm a big '93 fan as well. Yeah, '93 is okay. I, I have no. I, I just <laughs> want to throw that out there. You don't get a lot of fans that are staking of, of '93. Like, yeah, man, <laughs> I'm down for it. Is that last action hero? <laughs> I want to see it. Let's talk about it. So, we're we're covering 1994, the month of January, and um, I am, of course, Charlie Stabile. I'm William Rankin. Yep, there he yep. is. Yep. There he is. We are recording this before we go see Solo, so if it feels rushed, that would be the reason why. So we're covering January of 1994, and uh, we had a list of movies to look at from that came out that month of that year, and there wasn't really anything that really grabbed us. Uh, the, the, the closest I think that we came to agreeing with was Kevin Bacon's The Air Up There, because I, I just remember seeing that all the time in the video stores and passing it over, but... It didn't really entice us that much as something we could talk about, but then uh, I, I started doing some research and found out that while it didn't get a release uh, officially until October, Clerks actually had a screening in January of 94 at the Cannes Film Festival. So that's what we're going to be discussing today, Kevin Smith's Clerks. Will, what is your first memories of Clerks? Uh, probably around, uh, I didn't see it till 2001 when we were getting ready for Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Okay. We uh we watched I'd say we I think we watched all of them pretty much over like a one or two day time period leading up to it and then that's really about it. I mean those are my first real memories of it and everything and I had heard for years, I mean and a lot of it was through people who were fans of Star Wars were really big fans of clerks and I found out why, because it's got like you know, it's got for what it's for what I've been told, like the first real mention of Star Wars within a movie, like a conversation about it. Even Smith kind of touts that a little bit, like it's the first time it was really talked about. I don't know if that's a hundred percent accurate, because I'm, I feel like at some point, like it's it's use as some, whether it's just a name drop oh, in just a conversation. As a name drop, sure. I mean, granted, when you get into the scene, like there is definitely a lot of 
you know, stuff that's explained that people don't usually talk about with Star Wars in that regard. But that's kind of my first memory of it. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I saw all these movies, I think, out of order. I think I saw Dogma first. And, you know, I didn't get it. I was like 12 or 13. I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And then uh, Chasing Amy, I think, was what kind of got me interested in Kevin Smith as a filmmaker because I really liked that film. And I've probably seen the Clerks movies, one and two, more than any of the other ones. And Mallrats I've seen once, and it's it's okay. I'm not wild about it. I feel like it's Clerks Redux, in a way. But um, Clerks is the one, the first one, that I've always tend to come back to. And it's not even that I think it's a particularly great movie, but there is something about it that I find very appealing and special in spite of itself. Because... I'll be honest, Kevin Smith, like, I have a real love-hate relationship with his films. I find him to be very overly self-indulgent a lot of the times. Um, his The point of references in his movies can get a little grating, I think. Although the, the conversation that he has in Clerks regarding Empire vs. Return, I think, is pretty intelligent. Because I'd, I'd never looked at it that way before. Yeah. But that's kind of what he was known for, was, was, look, was finding those weird little things in movies that you wouldn't necessarily think about or even contemplate and then really like driving it home and yeah. just to the point of ad nauseum as he did in his later films. Clerics is special too because this is that period where it's like this is the apex. This is probably as good as it gets for him with the exception of maybe one movie in the 2000s. But this era of time, this 1994 to to really like, I mean, I mean, you, I would include Jane Bob Strike Back's an 01 movie, but I kind of wrote that in there. That that six seven year period for him, like I'd say they're all pretty solid. It's a solid pack yeah. of movies, and it and Clerks definitely is the um, the inception of it all. Like the the first inciting incident, I guess, of his entire universe or whatever. And I think overall, like they all stay within a relatively like solid rating. I'd say it's after that period where he tries to go off the reservation and do something completely different, which. I simultaneously I I admire him for, but at the same time, it didn't work. And no. I think that has to that that's that's one thing that has to be taken into account when evaluating Kevin Smith as a whole because it's like there are these periods where he tries to be something else, yep, and it just doesn't work. It's unfortunate because I feel like he's pigeonholed in a way, but it's not really I I don't necessarily think it's his fault because yeah if you look at Clerks and then you go watch something like Red State. And you're like, wow, this is a completely different movie. But there's something that I, I feel like he doesn't bring to the table with the, with those movies. Like, those movies, like Red State, Tusk, rely totally on performance. You know, it's not necessarily direction. Or writing. They're, or the, writing. The writing is not yeah. really spectacular in them. It's fine, but it's not spectacular. I'm not really a big fan of I've not seen Tusk. I'm not a huge fan of Red State. I don't think it's that... Well, it's, it's Michael Parks. Yeah. Like, he's the only reason And I like Goodman. Watch Goodman's, Goodman's okay. Yeah, I mean... Okay. And I, Melissa Leo's off like way off the reservation on the performance mm. level. She's just like, I'm going to bring it. I got an Oscar. <laughs> I can bring it. But it just, I thought it was fascinating because that little period you talk about, he, the, that six or seven year period, he basically makes the same movie each time, almost. Chasing Amy, I think, would be the most different. And then, and it's fine. It works like with slight variations, and it's and it's his comfort zone. But yeah, once he started to break out and try different things like Cop Out. You know, like, that one sticks out. I mean, he points to Zach Amiri's when he was really trying to... Yeah. But, I mean, Jersey Girl is trying to make another... T uh, it's trying to make a, a movie... Like, it's trying to graph, like, his type of movie onto a genre piece. Right. It, and it just doesn't well, that's work. That's what he tried with Zach and Mary also. Like, he made... This is Kevin Smith's Judd Apatow movie. Right. And granted, I think it's pretty good. I think it's better than some, all, quite a few of the Apatow films. But still, it's like, why would Kevin Smith feel the need to, yeah, to do yeah. this movie? Yeah. You know, as much as I do like Zack and Mary, I have only seen it once. It's, it's just, Yeah, it's not... I have zero desire to go back and rewatch yeah, it. I just... And though it's weird because I have it in a two-pack with Clerks 2, which I think is a much superior film. In fact, I think Clerks 2, I'd go as far as to say, was his last good one. But, you know, this is Clerks. Yeah. yeah. So, what is it? Talk about it. So, I mean, it's, it's a very basic premise. It's something that pretty much anybody can relate to. It's just uh, a day in the life of... Two clerks, uh, one working, you know, at a convenience store, the other one working at a video store, and they both have very different views of how they look at their job, and I think that's the real pull from the movie. I think that that's the real like drama from it 
is the way that Dante approaches his work and the way that Randall does. Because what is it? Uh, occupation dictates what's that line? Uh, behavior. Yes. Yeah, that's great. Uh, that, that's a great little bit of dialogue that they have there. And this is basically the movie. It's just one day. Yeah. He, and Dante's not even supposed to be there. As well. you know, we have to hear that over and over and over again. But um, it's it's very well done. Given the fact that it was a, by a first-time filmmaker, yeah, I think, and yeah, and I don't want to go into all the stuff about like the behind-the-scenes stuff because it's been talked about a lot, even though it's fascinating, like with the credit card debt that he was able to accumulate. Yeah, but um, I mean, what are some things about the movie that, that appeal to you? Well, um, it is slice of life. It is a mm-hmm. slice of life story. Like it's, and in some ways, like I, whether intentional or not, it's a very European like kind of movie in a way because like although it although it has like obviously some quote unquote crises or uh, events, major events that happen throughout the day that probably will not happen the next day. For the most part, when they would like the next day, whatever that is, like the, when I technically the, the clerks too, in a way, like what, what's, what day are they on? They're on uh they're working what, Saturday. That's I think so. So they, and they say they're coming to work on Sunday. Or no, wait, well, I think Dante says he's calling out. But regardless, the next day that they work together, whether it's Monday or whatever, it's probably pretty much the same day. <laughs> with the exception of, obviously, you know, an old guy's probably not dying in the bathroom and, you know, whatever. Okay. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, the funeral and stuff like that. That's stuff aside, like, what I think is really interesting about it is, like, it is a day in the life. Like, mm-hmm. this will pretty much be the same day they have, with a with few exceptions, the next time they work together. Right. Just a and, slight variation. So, I mean... I think this is a no. Nah, I'll save that. I'll save that bit for later. But um, I think it was one thing that's fascinating is like there are no actors in this. No, like known actors. Not a one. These are all local people to the that New Jer- New York, New Jersey area. Mm-hmm. I think that's fascinating. I think in a lot of ways that's why Jeff Anderson is perfect. Like I don't. One of the things I was uh, I thought about, and it was the first thing I was going to. One of the questions I was going to ask you is. Does it actually would this benefit from a remake or or a recast? I'm like absolutely not, not in any way, shape, or form. I don't see anyone on an A-list level that I would believe as much as I believe see, those two guys. That's the thing. Like they, they look it's like just very believable guys. Yeah, and that's what works. And I even read once that Kevin Smith contemplated colorizing the movie at one point. Yeah, because they they shot it in black and white as a <clears throat> way to keep the budget down. Because right. when they talked about lighting and they're having to shoot at night. Because he's working at that yeah, very place, all day. which is incredible. The, the movie, whole movie is pretty much at night. Yeah, yeah. But we just don't know it. We just can't see it. And that's <clears> one <throat> of the beauties of the shutters. The whole <laughs> the thing shutters, the shutters. Yeah, just that's keep, really clever. Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, I, I think it's fine in black and white. Mm-hmm. If it had been in color, I don't think it changes the movie that much. I mean, one neat thing is like it's almost like it's a security camera the whole time just Kinda. on this in a way obviously no no, no that's a good way to look at it because I, I look at clerks as one of the if not the best point and shoot movies there's not a lot of fancy angles or anything no although like i'll give dave klein credit for like when they shoot that like there are a couple of, uh there are two scenes there's one in the car where you know it's just the back that, of their heads <laughs> to be able to do that and be able to like it's not like he it doesn't like he really misses when he hits it when he hits dante perfectly on him yeah when he shifts back to randall it's perfectly on him again and then when they have that they have the the argument the fight or it's 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 one of the scenes surrounding the the fight they eventually have in the store it's down here to him or no it's with him and veronica actually it's down to dante back up to her back that's impressive yeah to get it that steady yeah Mm -hmm. i don't know how many takes it took to get that or whatever but you're right in the end it is very much a point shoot with a few exceptions yeah it's and and this kind of like the weird part of the movie i think the part the part that kind of takes me out of it is i mean i see what he was doing it's like i'm just gonna let them act in front i feel like faster and more intense was his note as well because a lot of the lines are way too fast i think and and but it gets it gets that runtime down. That is such a big script. You, yeah. And I feel like I saw one, I heard one point one over 160 pages. Was... It very well might be, but the, it goes by so fast because of how fast they deliver the lines uh, that the movie ends up being about 91 minutes. Mm-hmm. But and it works for the most part. But there are times where I find it to be somewhat unnatural. There are some I, you can tell with some of the other actors, the people who are customers, or whatnot. Julie's gum. They're not great. <laughs> like that guy's pretty. That good. guy's awesome. I'm. I, and it's. <laughs> It may be one of the eight billion parts that Walt Flanagan plays in the movie, but there are a couple people you can tell that are like, 
the way they react, I'm like, I can see how that's written on paper. They're not understanding how it applies in conversation. Right. Like, like one of my favorites is like when somebody says somebody's name, the, the other character will be like, oh yeah, that's a person from this, the same. Like, you're supposed to say that pretty quick afterwards. Instead, like, the... I forget if it's the... Again, I forget... Oh, I know. It's the construction guy. The guy who comes up during the Star Wars and the, uh, the Star Wars conversation. Right. And he's talking, like, Babyface Bambino, the one who did this, the same. He has, like, this, like... You could park a Harrier in between his pauses. Because, like, he, it's just not natural to him. And that's one thing that's, that's tough in the movie at times is when other characters outside of the core group of people try to deliver them. It's not 100% fluid. But at the same time, like, I... It's kind of the the charm of the movie. Kind of, because a lot of those long shots, you can hear the dialogue being spoken very fast. Sometimes they flub. Like, oh yeah. But I think that's kind of cool because it makes it almost feel like a real conversation. Yeah. Because you don't have your whole thought with you. Right. And then they right. just pick right back up. I mean, it is it is <clears throat> theatrical in the sense of it is a it is very much a stage play just yep. shot with a camera. It's just that I think it becomes a little bit more glaring if you watch Clerks two right after it because Clerks two is slowed down significantly. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a lot more time to breathe. But it, it's not really a fault of the movie, because it's like it's one of those things I think about Clerks right before I even start watching it. I'm like, okay, let's get ready for this dialogue, you know, that's going to come like super fast and a little bit unnatural. But, I mean, it's grounded in this reality that is so relatable. You know, like, you don't have to be a clerk to, go, to feel what these guys feel about their job or about yeah. people. This applies to wait staff, mm-hmm. you know, hotels. Like, you see this kind of stuff every day. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, Dante, I mean, he's pretty much Kevin Smith. Right? I think him and they're both, like, he, had, he does something in, in all these movies of this time period, of this, this time period we talk about. Because I don't think it really applies to Jersey Girl, and I really don't think it applies to Tusk, really. It's this, the View Askew movies there's always pairs mm-hmm. and they both represent i think two sides of kevin smith jay and jay and bob are like clearly mm-hmm. two two very much two different sides of of one brain in a way and dante and randall because you can see where kevin smith is dante in terms of being that quick stop employee but his thoughts and like in a lot of ways even though i know jeff anderson's based off brian o'halloran right. from i but there's a lot of like what he's saying that he actually believes as well. And that's what's neat is that it's literally like one guy almost talking into a mirror to himself mm-hmm. because like they both, I think, represent two sides. Look at it. I know. I mean, he said he wanted to play Randall because he thought Randall had the best lines, which he does. He, he does. It's, it's Randall's move. Like Randall is like he's easily the part like you want to you root for the most. Because Dante, in a lot of ways, like he writes him so well, like yeah, he is a bit of a, a sad bit of a, sack. Yeah, a yeah. wuss. Like this, you know, you use some other words, probably not appropriate to describe him as well. Probably not. But you know, I mean, like that's what's that's what's neat about him too, and the fact that like he's so he has so many faults yeah. is great. Like you know that it, it would be really easy to make him like all the way redeemable at the end. Like you have to make him somewhat redeemable in the end. But you know what I mean when you go all the way. It's like yep, he goes back and he gets a girl back. There's a chance he probably doesn't. Right. And that's what's kind of neat about. I mean, I always thought he didn't. I don't think so either. No, I think he loses like all around. Yeah, but I think I mean I think that's okay. Right. Yeah. You know, because I mean, clerks too. It. A, and that doesn't help because right. it's like, oh, maybe he'll go back to school. Maybe he'll get his life together. And then clerks too is like, no, no, he didn't. But he might this time. And and that's one of actually. <laughs> it got me to reassess clerks too a little bit. Not to not that I want to talk about that, but. It just seems a little strange to me because that ending is kind of sweet in a way for Clerks too. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like it's the complete antithesis of what Clerks One was. Look at the the look on their faces though is perfect because well, they both. Oh right, because they're like, what did we do? What did we just yeah, do? What did we just do? And <clears throat> what are we going to do with this? Right. Like, and that is so good because they're in the they're they're in the ex- like it's it's so Clerks Clerks in a way the fact that they wanted to do this they want to do this thing. But then they realize, oh my god, I'm completely miserable. <laughs> but I'm totally fine with it because yeah. this movie is is predicated on I hate oh I hate my job. My job sucks. It's so crappy. But I don't want to go get another one. Right. It's almost like I like being angry. I like having a distaste. Well, it's that it's that uh, analogy he makes with um, the, the potty training toilet. Yeah. that I really like. It's, it's I'm prepared for this. I'm getting prepared for this with my kids. Oh yeah. <laughs> just oh, I couldn't lift the lid, so I just crap my pants. I just, yeah. I, I, I don't want to say it, but like I crap my pants. The way he says, it, "Yeah, I crap my pants." <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, that's really good. Um, 
I mean, there's tons of great little quirky bits in the movie that I just love. I love him closing the shop to play hockey on the roof. It's like, awesome. That is so cool. And it's definitely, that, that, that's the kind of idea that I'm like, there's no way that somebody just made that up. That had to have happened. Yeah. yeah. And what's great is like, I, continuously Dante makes plans throughout the movie and they fail. Like, yeah. they fail miserably. Like, Well, we talked about it earlier, and it is an issue I have with the movie as well. How the movie's kind of broken up into those nine... Uh, it's the Dante's... Dante's Hell. Dante's... Or, 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 you know what I mean? The, right. And I get that, but I don't... I, I, I tried to pay attention to it really hard this time, and I can't see how these things relate to these It's really... Scenes. like I, It's one of those things where, like, in the moment watching it, I can't make the connection. If I, I sat down and, like... If I sat down and had all the words in front of me, and then I kind of stopped after each scene to assess, then I could get it. There are much smarter people who could probably who, who figure this out can, quicker. I, I I can't. It felt like too much like art school. It's like, and I'm glad he doesn't do this anymore. See, and that's the thing. In Clerks too, it's gone, and it's like, uh, you know, it's just, not even a mall. It's on any of these movies again, right. which is great. It's it's a choice. I get it. Like it's this attempt to. It really is an attempt to seem this movie's <laughs> highly intelligent right well there, there's a whole line about you know if we're so intelligent you know why are we working here right you know and it's and yeah that's an interesting point because I when I when I, when he when Randall says that line I do think about Dante's hell yeah and I'm like yeah Kevin Smith is like he's reaching like yeah. really hard with or Dante's things. Inferno I keep saying Dante's Inferno but, yeah but, that, but, <laughs> but yeah that's what it is um, this movie could have been called Dante's hell because yep. <laughs> that have been, been a good that would have been a pretty good title but yeah, it's 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 a choice. It doesn't necessarily work. I've never heard one person say that they like those. Really? Never never heard one person say like that. And that's and I think that's how you can evaluate if it's a choice that works or not because if people don't say one thing, one really one thing or the other, it's sort of like the equivalent of a wrestler that gets no reaction. It's like that's not yeah. really good. I mean, this is the first time I've really ever talked about my dislike of that was because like it's really weird like I mean I, most people I've just seen like they, like when I'm watching it too they kind of ignore it like they don't ever talk it's not a talking point like when they see malaise they're like oh haven't heard that word since like ninth grade malaise <laughs> <laughs> or something like that yeah, that's pretty good so I got questions for you yeah yeah go I ahead think I, I, I tried to find things that would be interesting things to kind of talk about throughout the movie here's the first one and I well, I, we actually did the one about the remake or recast because I think that'd be a terrible idea. The, I'm glad that they didn't do it because, although like, yeah, I'd love to see you know um, uh, John Lithgow and Joseph Gordon-Levitt do this movie, but I just don't think it'd be very John good. John Lithgow, I'm just <laughs> John Lithgow. John Randall. Lithgow needs to. Oh, he he's needs Randall. To get out. <laughs> he's <laughs> Randall. <laughs> All right. So, is this Kevin Smith's best film? For me. Yes, you think so? I think so. I, um, despite my my issues with it, which are obvious, this is the one that I go back to and watch the most. This has the most rewatchability for whatever reason. I don't, re I can't really explain it, um, but there is a a real, genuine sweetness to the movie. Yeah, that I, which is so weird to say because the movie is vulgar as all hell. Yes, and, but like there's a real good and heart. Doesn't necessarily age well, like. Jamie's first few lines, like he's dropping, he's oh he's I know what he says. He's dropping words that like now one in like, a million. <laughs> you, you can exactly you could get away with those then. Nowadays, I, I, yeah, it's a different time. It is a very different time. But um, I think chasing Amy goes to an air like he it, it's a reach, and I think he kind of hits the target that he said, which is pretty high. I don't know. I granted, like I, I definitely know at the time. Nobody tried that type of movie. No, oh, no. And that's really cool. Mm. And I do think, for the most part, he succeeds. I think Affleck is amazing. At, and Joy Lauren Adams, uh, she's fantastic in that movie. I know people that could argue Dogma. They think that one. I think that one's kind of fun. It's I don't. Fun. I don't really. I don't hold it in the highest regard. The only other one I do think Clerks Two is right up there with. Clerks this. Two is probably my number two. It's so good, and I, I I think they really are neck and neck. The reason probably I do put Clerks One over the top is just because. It really is the, one of those timing things. At the perfect time. That mm -hmm. movie really speaks to the time that it comes out. All right. Is it impossible to separate this film from the backstory of making it when no. you evaluate it? No. I, I'm, I Not for me. Because even when I'm watching it, I start thinking about, you know, I wonder if this was right when Kevin Smith got off work. You know, because I'm trying to... 
because it's just a fascinating story where he would work all day and then he would shoot for like four hours yeah go to sleep for two hours go back to work and start it all over again it's impossible for me so it is impossible. Oh, it's absolutely impossible. I think it's not impossible. Oh no no no. No, you do because I think it is because we've heard you. You said it earlier. We've heard the making of this. I mean, you that could, could have been a movie. Yeah, I, somebody did. You know, somebody in the UK. I read this. I don't. I didn't go too deep to find it. Somebody made like a, a biopic on Kevin Smith, and part of it, like they actually got O'Halloran, and they got oh, really? they, they got some of them to be in it, but in different parts. They actually have like the the making of Clerks in there. Like it's a wow. narrative form, not in a documentary right. form. I will say the documentary for Clerks Two is really yeah. that one's a really good one about the making of it. But you're right, like that would have been so cool to see. I think it's impossible too. Like, and it it's one of those things where you do come in since you know it, you come up with a preconceived like rating already, like already in your mind before like like it, it's like a second one or whatever. The movie's already at a three. Right. Like most every movie should start at a zero. Like or sometimes if people want to start at a ten and work their way back down. It just depends on however you want to view it. But regardless, like it's sort of like when you see like an unknown actor that's doing the talk show circuit for a movie that's coming out, you're like, Man, I really like this guy. So then you go into the movie like, I already really like this guy, so I already really like this movie in a way. Right. I think that that and that's we all do it. It's not a sure. I just think with this movie in particular, like it's hard not to love it when you hear about the just the down and dirty sure way of making it that they went through. And like I said, the, the genuineness of the movie I think is a little bit lost on Clerks too, because by the time he made Clerks two, he was already a filmmaker, highly well not maybe not highly successful but extremely successful, and it it, it didn't quite relate to what he was going through. I think at, at the time, at least in terms of how what he was doing to make money. Yeah. Is this the movie of his generation? This is a this is the you know oh, come this on. is the Criterion Collection kind of question here. Well, it did get a Criterion release, and and here's the reason why I ask it. This I, I do find this movie to be quintessential Gen X. Like this, oh oh yeah, this is perfect Gen X. And when you think about the Gen X movies, like the, singles, the, and the singles, Reality Bites, Empire Records, like yep. they're they're a lot. I think Clerks is above these. I think it's above all those. Better than singles. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, like, in singles is fine. I yeah. like singles. It's, I mean, granted, like in the Camera Crow canon, it's way down. It's way down. But um, I think though there is an argument for it, and the only reason I say that is because when they get into the themes about like you know the, these are people that work really crappy jobs, want to work other jobs, but don't have like the guts, don't have the inspiration to take that leap. That's a very like '90s kind of thing. Yeah. And I think that's... Fa and I mean, granted, like, I don't think I just existed in the 90s. I think people probably lived in no. the 60s, probably felt the same way, or even now feel the same way. But I feel like it really speaks to that specific area of time with people with, um, I guess these would be uh, young men and women growing up in the... in the, Growing up in the 80s. Growing up in the 80s, yeah. I was born in 83, but I'm not an 80s kid, mm -hmm. really. I, I'm more of a 90s kid. Right. But I think, like, that's re definitely representational of that post-Reagan type of era for yeah, what do we do now yeah and I, I, I think that's I think a really that, good point I think it's there's an, I'm not saying it is because that's really like that's go, I think that's that's going really in hard and believe me I'm about to go in even harder in a little bit here with another question but I think that's a I think it is a much better movie sometimes than it's regarded in terms of its impact on a generation because I think like it does speak to it's that a, it's a, I think it's a very important movie the only, the only reason why I wouldn't chalk it up to that is simply because I'm not a part of that generation so I, I don't feel like I can speak for them. But when I do think of the 90s movie or the 90s, like the way that people were in the 90s from what I can remember, I do kind of think of Clerks. Yeah. Yeah. You know. It's almost like there's this rebelliousness <laughs> without actually rebelling. Like, right. Like they don't... Like, like, they're like Rebelling screw, to rebel. Yeah. They're, it's like, screw the man, but like don't actually do it. But I, I need money. <laughs> right. I require a pay. It's like, you see movies that like of the generation of like this of the 60s or 70s, they were like, all right, I'm out. Mm -hmm. Gone. I'm going to go protest. I'll see you later. And then their kids are the kids from Clerks. And right. And they're like, eh. <laughs> So, what is the 2018 version of Clerks? If you're going to make this this movie, this, and I'm not saying remake it. I'm saying you take the the, the occupational comedy subgenre movie mm -hmm. in 2018. What does that look like? I mean, 
because this feeds into something. Clerks creates. I, I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say creates, but Clerks becomes the forefront of a subgenre of the. It did. Of yeah, the, the workplace movie comedy, which, like The Office, Office or Space, Office Space, yeah. which waiting, uh, waiting. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah it, it's kind of been done several Good times. Burger. <laughs> oh, you like that, did you? <laughs> what was that guy thinking? What anyway, idiot. anyway, yeah, right. love Facebook. <laughs> love that Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> There's a movie of a generation. Anyway, that's um, hard to, for me to say because I don't, I, I don't think of, oh, this is like Clerks until I see the trailer and I'm like, you know, like a workplace type of thing. Right, so I'm glad. Uh, I want to connect something to that real quick. Remember how it became Die Hard in yeah. a blank? There, are, there's an argument too that there are a substantial amount of movies that are Clerks in a blank. Clerks, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like Clerks in a restaurant, waiting. Waiting. Yeah. Clerks are, and, I, and see, I think Office Space and Clerks are very different. They're they, very they different. They tackle similar things, mm-hmm. but obviously Office Space has a much bigger budget. And Office Space has yeah. a level of. Uh, of ridiculousness to it. You know? I love the first hour. When they start doing the Superman 3 plot, like, it's... <laughs> I don't think it's... Dude, I, it's, I love Office Space. I do, too. I, I do. Like I from, do love it. From top to bottom. I love the first hour the most, though. Yeah. When it's him just, like, oh. miserable, and then he has the moment well, of there is. It does feel like there's this moment where they go, well, what do we do for the next 45 minutes? And right. Superman 3. Right, right. <laughs> so, but anyway... That's why I was uh, like, what, like, what kind like, of uh, job where, would it where be? Where could he do it? Yeah, I mean, in 2018, I, I'm, hmm, I don't know. I, I, like anything that's new. I think there's a version that you could really do in a call center, and it would be perfect. Especially like when you do it at night when there's there's less staff, crazier calls. Because I can tell you from working in one, the later you work at night, the crazier it gets because you're getting the West Coast calls. Mm-hmm. And those can be just oh, yeah. off the wall insane because it's not. They used to do like a lot of call centers used to be regional. Like if you had a, if you had a call, if your call center was in the south, you pretty much only get calls from people in the south. Well, then they open that up, like okay. like almost ten years ago. Like they, they. I guess I've never really done that. Like the only one that I can think of is that I've never seen it, but that Steve Martin movie, uh, Mixed Nuts. Like that one's close, but call center. Like you wouldn't even have to be that. I mean, it could be, it could be, uh, you know, um, what do you call it? The people that answer the phones at the banks that, that yeah. have to approve loans and stuff like yeah, that, sure. or deny credit. Yeah, that, that that would be an interesting way to do it. Here's the thing, though: smartphones have ruined a lot of this stuff. That's the thing. You cannot. I I would never want to write anything that's based in present day. Because, no, you got to take it back. Because and and I was talking to my wife about this. I was like saying. Um, it's really hard because it's hard to create obstacles. Like, yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> the cell phone is, is is like the duct tape of, of, like, of right, electronic so problem in, solving. In, in movies where like like a, a payphone was necessary, people had to have papered oh, and man. write down a number or an address or I something. I gotta go get more change. But then, but now it's like, no, bro. I don't know. I, How many batteries you got? Exactly. <laughs> What's this number? I don't know. I'm gonna go to my contacts. Right. <laughs> I don't know. It, it takes. Yeah, it definitely wipes out I a lot of the problems. The only other one I'd want to do, I've always wanted to do like a like a pizza delivery movie, but like you you, but it it's all the people involved, like it, not just the your delivery people, but the people who are actually there making the pizza. People are there, like sure. it, and you set it on a holiday. And I was and I was saying like or Super Bowl remember, Sunday. We were, we were talking about we were talking about slacker, like the way slacker right. the way slacker's narrative is. You know, you enter in, introduce this one character. He goes in this conversation with somebody else. Then you follow the somebody else of their conversation, and it just keeps repeating. And I think that's kind of neat. It's a, yeah, it's a great that, idea. That'd be the only other thing I, because like it's hard. It's really hard because we're in a movie theater. It was always like, oh, let's just let's do clerks in movie theater. I'm like, no, I don't want to do that because that's just clerks, just in a different place. That is clerks, and that's and that's you can't do that. You got to be smarter than that. That's why clerks is so good. That I think like there there's all the derivatives of it. Well, that's like that play that I that I was made to read a few years ago. Do you remember when I was telling you about that? About the uh, the movie theater play? Yeah. Yeah. And I read about the first thirty or forty pages, and I was like, God, I for- do you still I, have that? I do. It's somewhere. I gotta read that. But I, I just kind of threw it down. on it's Clerks. And I just because it's it's it, the only difference is one guy's twenty years older than the other. Like that's it. John Lithgow. And Joseph John Lithgow. Lithgow and Joseph <laughs> John Lithgow. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, yeah, all right, let me ask you this one. Okay, this is the one. Now I want to do this one first. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out of order here. 
Best scene. I've got a couple nominees. And you can add in any other ones you have here. Nail polish slash 37 dicks. Don't care. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to hear the list. No, no, no. I was like, I know I said whatever. Oh. Randall's first scene. <laughs> Empire versus Jedi. Happy Scrappy Hero Pop. And why do I have this life? And why do I have this life is I'm pretty much calling that like from the moment that Caitlin has to go is taken to the hospital and they have that talk. Yeah, they have that talk. That one, that's the best scene. Because yeah. you know my that real was, that was my one. That's the best scene because that's the one. That's pretty much what the whole movie's about. Yeah, like, and it really gets driven home there. And I like to tie that actually in with the final scene. Yes, that's movie. and that's what I was alluding to as well. I, yeah, because it's I actually you know, I told I was watching it and I've seen the movie maybe four or five times, but I still remember. That last line, you know, I still remember the last line, you know, as the, as it went to credits, and uh, that was really that's a really fitting ending for the movie. Um, my one problem with that Empire Jedi scene just drives me nuts is when he asks Dante, he's like, "What do you prefer, Empire or Jedi?" And he says, "Empire." And the first thing that Randall says is Blast. blasphemy, blasphemy. Who like who who over the age of nine would pick Jedi? Like that's crazy. It's just, but I think that's Randall. I think he's just so stuck in his own head that that. that he believes that stuff truly, and I, I think I, I think I can let it get away, you know, on that on that on those grounds. I think it's 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 a fine scene. Like I mean, it, I, I agree with you. The, the Empire, Empire oh, it's it's it's, a, it's it's probably the iconic scene of the movie because I think like in a way like that that set off the for a lot of people. Oh, we can we, we, we can, can reference we can talk and not even just reference them. We can talk about them. Like mm -hmm. we can break down <laughs> plot details of a movie within a movie. I mean. In all fairness, didn't Reservoir Dogs do this okay, beforehand? So that <laughs> because I started thinking about like the way Tarantino kind of d does his Dante's Inferno thing in his movies, mm -hmm. and it works way better with him. But yeah, like did you did you think of oh, that yeah, too yeah. with Reservoir I mean, Dogs? Sure, absolutely. And like that, when they it, talk about like a virgin, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, it's that last scene, and what I'm glad is like that's at the end. So it's if you have that scene earlier in the movie, the movie's peaked. Yeah. And There's nowhere to go. Right. Because it's like, well, time to quit your job. Right. <laughs> like, that's the end of the movie. I also do love the man. I do love the line. It's like, is it, I'm trying to think, is it, I don't know. I think this is a Clerks 2 line. It's a Clerks 2 line, I'm going to say it anyway. I do love it when he's like, we went to, yeah, we went to community college. Yeah, we went to study criminal justice. Where would it be, effing Batman? <laughs> <laughs> I just love that way you said. Criminal justice. Where would it be, effing Batman? It's great. All right, this was the question that I've, I've, I really, I am curious, I'm curious where you'll take this. Is it possible that Clerks deserve to be in the original screenplay nominations for '94? Let's go over the nominees. I wrote them down just so you could read. Go. What are the nominees? Well, we know who the winner was. It was Pulp Fiction, Bullets Over Broadway, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Heavenly Creatures. And then Three Colors Red, which is a French film. It's a series of movies that are red, white. Heavenly Creatures? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's a really good movie, but I I don't remember that movie for the screenplay. Absolutely, Clerk should have been nominated for... I really think so. And I think... I'm kind of surprised that it wasn't, now that you mention it. No, well, here's the thing. We're... We're... We've now been conditioned to uh, this, like... The, uh, the 2010... The, I guess it was... I guess it was the 2000s era of booking, I call booking for the, for the Oscars, where if you had an indie film, it's like, all right, good indie film, people liked it a lot, it's probably not best picture, stick it in screenplay. Right. And that's what happened, like Little Miss Sunshine, Juno, um, Whiplash, oh, yeah. like all these movies that are like strong independent movies, they would find their, they'd find their gold really in screenplay. That's where they'd even get just, even if it was just a nomination, that's where they would get it. Like Get Out, Get Out's well, Get Out's probably the best movie I find of the year. That insulting. I know Get Out. I just, really did. It is because like the rewatchability of Get Out over the next ten years will far surpass The Shape of Water in one year. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I agree with you because I mean the easy one to sub out is Three Colors Red. I'm sorry, that's just this was a <laughs> I, I've never I'd never heard of that movie until I looked this up. <laughs> And I read the I plot doesn't sound bad or anything, but it's like I've never heard one person talk about that movie. Nope, not so, until today. Right. <laughs> like, what's going on there? I think so Speed had a better screen. I mean 
it's hard when you have Pulp Fiction, you've got Bullets Over Broadway, Four Weddings and Funeral, Heavenly Creatures. Like, I understand. Well, obviously, Pulp Fiction's the winner. Right. Like, like that's and, and I think it'd be hard even, not to knock out Woody Allen. Right. Well, that. Woody Allen's a layup. Woody Allen, here's the, th- okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Let's talk about Woody Allen. Because that's, that's a really good movie. It too. is, but here's the thing, though. Like, there's not a whole lot of differences in his movies. Like, he's like a, a much more mainstream and acceptable version of Kevin Smith. Although he does shift in the 2000s, he makes match a point. conscious shift from match, pretty much from Match Point on. Yeah. He tries, but he not, went back. He does, you know. He but went I mean, back. Match Point probably is one of his best. Oh, it is one of his best movies. Yeah, and I and I don't want to make it sound like I don't like Woody Allen. I love Woody Allen. Yeah, but I mean, come on, it's like you watch. If you were to watch Annie Hall in Manhattan back to back, I mean, it's like holy crap! It's right. like he almost remade his own movie. Right. You know? <clears throat> Although Hannah and her sisters does that's pretty good. That stands above but it's, Annie Hall in terms of. But the, he's not in it. Like no. that helps, right? Like with Michael Caine, Four Weddings and Funeral. That I I could see that. I, I, that feels like the big fat Greek wedding of its. It day. was, it was. That was a very popular movie when it came out. But Clerks, I, and this goes back to the thing we're talking about the the really pretentious generation question. It was only because, well, I think this movie just this movie does something that, in terms of what it's talking about. The again, we've already talked about what it what it's about in terms of the the job thing or whatever being stuck but unwilling to unwilling to do anything to better yourself I mean that was that's a pretty incredible message putting out there and I and even as good as like Pulp Fiction is Pulp Fiction doesn't like like have this generational thing that it speaks to with it Pulp Fiction's fun it is awesome like it's execution is damn near sublime so I mean but well look at Clerks Clerks lives and dies on that script yeah why is that absolutely. movie so loved it's, be, it's not because of you know the directing technique it's the it's the words that are coming out of their mouths that's why that movie is still alive today yeah and yeah like honestly like the only movie I think that could have beaten it would have been Pulp Fiction yeah but yeah I'm, I'm actually really surprised it wasn't up there Especially I am too when you consider that yeah like these these weren't like these were all unknowns all of them. I mean, granted, part of the thing too is its release was not like huge. I mean, it only ends up making like three million. Right. But uh, Kevin Smith, holy cow! Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Paid off the credit card debt. And, and I mean, like again, when you compare the the releasing schedule of movies then versus now, it's completely different. Because now, like a movie like that would have a huge, like it would have, or in comparison, have a huge, uh, like a, a huge theater count. Oh yeah. Versus what it. Would have had well, the in, release and distribution of movies today would have treated that movie far differently. Yeah, I mean, it would have I had think more in, opportunity. If that movie is like you know put in carbonite and not unfrozen to be seen until 2018, I think it's easily in a, a best original screenplay nominee, yeah. and it may be a winner. Yeah. I'm not going to say I'm, I will not go as far as to say that's better than Pulp Fiction in terms of a script. It'd be a dark horse, but it's damn close in a lot of ways. I think so. Well, let's talk about this for a second because I need to. I, I feel like I need to get this off my chest with these movies. Um, my biggest problem with not just this movie, but uh, the the View Askew universe as a whole, and this is a very unpopular opinion, but I want to talk about it. It's Jay and Silent Bob. I don't understand what. It's not that I don't understand the characters. Why are they in these movies so much? What is so special about these characters they don't really add anything to the movie until they except for the end the typically at the ends of the movies that's when they add something because it's like anything jay says is just ridiculous and that it's not gonna matter but when silent bob speaks that's when it's gonna mean something yeah and only then will any of this stuff be worth it like all of it and like i think this is where like when jay and silent bob strike back i, I just completely turned my back on Kevin Smith for a while. I was like, this is too much. I was like, you can't do a whole movie around these two characters. Yeah. And sure enough, the way I looked at it, I was right. Um, but what is the appeal with these characters? I, it's, I mean, the appeal is just really in, it's it's Jay's charisma. And I do think like he has a certain amount of charisma because people love him. They love hearing him just do his shtick. I mean, which, I mean, that's it's all over the place. I look at them like the droids in Star Wars. Like, they're kind of they're kind of a function of the story. They in Clerks they don't necessarily help the plot move along. In some of the other movies they they do help, especially in Mallrats. Like they definitely help. They, they help in Mallrats. Mo- move the plot along. That's really how I look at him. Look at him as like Kevin uh, Silent Bob is R two. R two will always find a way to 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 help help save the day in some way, shape, or form. But mm-hmm. other than that, throughout the rest of the movie, he's just kind of there beeping at you. <laughs> yeah, there's just like, like here's this movie going on, and let's see what the drug dealers are doing. Nothing. They're they're singing this song called Berserker, <laughs> which is actually really funny. <laughs> but 
<laughs> like it has nothing to do with the movie, yeah. but it's really funny for some reason. It's just weird. But you know, they they, they keep. I, I don't care for Jay's shtick. Like I just. That's don't. okay. I, mean, I, I think I, I think it's repetitive, I, overdone. It's one of the podcasts they have is Jay and Silent Bob get old. <laughs> and I'll be honest, like, and it's them going, because a part of it, the inspiration was like, you know, Jay got clean finally. And mm-hmm. a way to kind of keep him clean was like, we'll just, we'll go out on the road and you talk about it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of neat. It's fine. But honestly, like, I can only listen to like a handful of episodes of that because for one thing, I don't know how Smith like can do something different. Like, I don't see how he can differentiate what he does on each podcast, different shows. Oh, yeah. Because it's, I mean, I think it's really incredible that he does it because I could see him getting really burnt out. Just, yeah, because he's doing. But no, that's one thing Kevin Smith loves. Kevin Smith loves to talk. Yeah, he especially loves to talk about himself, <laughs> and it gets really annoying. And he loves to tell you how how to make a superhero movie without ever having made one. Right. Yeah. You know? But uh, that's the Kevin Smith stuff that I hate. What I was saying about what I was. Gonna but say, you're right. I was just going to cap off on the Jay thing. Is that there's not a lot like there, there's not a lot else different he brings to the table. Like generally his his reactions to movies or pop culture are generally about the same. You can pretty much predict them. Like, like, oh man! Like you know, y'all have kind of that same. Oh, it was the bomb, man! Like I mean, it it's it is highly repetitive. There's there is not a lot of room for growth or mm. differentiation between what his opinions are going to be. So that's why, like, I'll be honest, I cut that one off, you know, pretty quick, just because I was like, ah, I I know what I'm going to get. It's the right. same time, the same thing you did last time. So I mean, like, I agree with you. That's why, like, you know, it's interesting in in the non-view askew movies when Jay would pop up, like, what's he going to do? Second mirroring, right? It's just like. Ugh. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I, I, I um, because I think he ended up. Part of the thing that helped, like, with him getting clean, was like Smith tossed in the script of that Jay and Silent Bob super groovy cartoon movie, right? And and Jay went out and made it. Like he was the guy who made the movie, which was pretty cool. But I mean, man, I, I agree with you. Like as but, a character, it's. I just think, uh, I know people love it. I don't. It's just one of those things I don't get. And it's also annoying when Kevin Smith goes, this is the last thing. Jan Silent Bob Strike Back was supposed to be the last Jan Silent Bob anything. You know, and then, what year was that? That was 01. 01, okay. So that was after Scream 3 where they made a cameo in that. And I was like, oh, Jesus. But then they do Clerks 2. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, Kevin Smith almost had Clerks 3 off the yeah. ground. But he, I love this, though. He won't name who it was. It was Jeff Anderson. It was he, Jeff Anderson? Yeah, said, oh! Yeah, he didn't want to do it. Oh, I, I thought he wasn't naming it. Well, because keep my... Um, he had a relationship with Caitlin. Like, they were actually married for a brief time. She died last year. She, oh, at age 44, terrible, like, really de- debilitating disease and stuff. Um, and I say multiple, because I think, like, when they list it off, like, I mean, I don't know how the lady kept it together that long, being a mom, too. But um, I think that, I think that has an effect on him, because... Why like, wouldn't it? Because one thing I like about him is that, like, he's extremely introspective. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he re- like, from what they said in the Clerks 2 doc, like, him just trying to walk around just in town or whatever was hard because everybody's like, oh, it's Randall. They just want him to be Randall all the time. Randall. In a way, like, it's like a C-level Harrison Ford where it's like, this is a guy, like, who got huge off of the, off this unexpected thing. And I say huge, like, relatively speaking. Mm-hmm. And it was really hard to deal with it. And the guy tried to make other things. He's directed, he directed the movie with uh, Trevor Furman, who was in um, Clerks 2, uh-huh. Elias. And... You know, um, I think it was always interesting. Even that, even in that doc for Clerks too, like he, just, you can tell, like he, he still was even hesitant to be on board with the movie he already finished. Wow. And it's it's interesting just because like he could. That's why it wasn't it wasn't incredibly surprising. Although I admire Smith being like, we're not going to do it then. I'm not going to recast I do too. it. Yeah. We're or not I'm gonna not going to do it without Randall. Because it's Randall. He says it's Randall's it's Randall's movie. And I wonder if there's some of that that just hits too close for him in terms of the relationship with the not the Caitlyn character, the actress that played her. If that, like, is one of those things. And I well, just don't blame him. Do you think it's weird that, with the exception of Jay and Silent Bob, that nobody from this movie really, like, went on to, like, be a mainstay in, in, in films? Yeah. Um, because it's not the same with Mallrats. Or right. Chasing Amy. Right. You know, like, it, it's just Clerks. It's his best movie, to me. And, like, uh, O'Halloran, yeah, Anderson... Uh, Jesus, like anybody from this movie, the girls that were in the movie, nothing. I think one thing I, I can I will attribute that to the Mark Hamill thing in a way. It's hard to not see them see as them. those guys. So it's a good point. It's <laughs> a good point. You got anything else? Uh, no, I think that's about it for Clerks. Um, rating time. 
What would you give it? I give it an eight. I give it a solid eight. Okay. I really do like. I I mean it. It's it'd be too much of a like layup to go. Oh, it's a ten, man. Because I I do love the script. I think the script is hugely influential. The movie's influential. If you are somebody who wants to make a movie, just watch Clerks. You will like it. Will convince you that you can do it. Right. So that's there's no shots that look like. Oh, this looks like a. Oh, that's one thing we didn't talk about was the ending. The alternate ending. Yeah. More yeah. real quick. Your thoughts real, on it. Real quick. If you've ever seen that alternate ending, it's 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 terrible. Like, it, it completely overshadows everything that's great about the movie. And um, I think I described it to you before. It's like, what did I say? It was like student film. Yeah. It felt like a student film type ending, which, yeah, if, if you've ever been subjugated to having to watch a series of student films, like in an afternoon. <laughs> which, by the way, we once, we made a film, a re- like, a, like a really serious drama in a sea of comedies. And we, we thought it was so cool. We were like, we're not even going to show up to the festival where it's being screened. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. That's terrible. I just love hearing about the dead silence after it was over with. Just That's like right. complete. Because we did see some of those comedies. Yeah, we did. Oh, they were terrible. I don't remember how we got all. It's people of them. want to be Will Ferrell. Oh, yeah. and well, that's what was popular at the time, yeah. and and yeah, and it was like no, you do, that's not. You're not out. funny. You're not funny. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> that should be the name of the next movie. You're not funny. <laughs> or, what was Roger Ebert's book? Your movie sucks. Your movie, <laughs> your movie sucks. It's awesome. So yeah, but yeah. That alternate ending is not very it's, good. It's pretty bad. Uh, he gets shot by the robber. All right, he gets shot by a robber. That it's just kind of introduced. Um, if you have. Uh, if you if you come across Clerks on Blu-ray, they actually have this cut of the movie as a bonus feature, and it's got different things in there, and it's okay, but it, it doesn't come close to how good the real movie is. You're closed. And, That's uh, awesome. You're clo- Yeah, you're closed. <laughs> Perfect ending. Love that. Love that. Uh, I, I'd give this probably a seven. I, I I feel like it's going to reach an eight at some point because I like this movie more and more when I watch it. It's because we've worked those jobs now. Yeah. That's what makes right. it... I think there are movies like this that get better just based on your life well, experience. Well, Waiting did. Yeah. Yeah, Waiting definitely did. But um, and we have Clerks to thank for that. So, that's Clerks uh, for January. Um, All right, so what's February? February of 1994. I don't even know this. Yet, so I, I do. I know it off the top of my head. February of 1994, we are going to be looking at... Ace Ventura Pet Detective. All right, there yeah. you go. Cool. There we I'm go. Pumped. That'll be that'll be really cool. That'll be that'll be a nice little change. Two comedies in a row, very very different. Very completely different, different, completely comedies. different comedies. That's really cool. Yeah, the, this the really rise is the of, anti. Uh, this is, is the anti nineteen ninety four series because well because you know what people are expecting. They're like, oh man, they're gonna Forrest do Gump, Pulp Fiction, Shawshank, Quiz Show. Oh yeah. No, but it's like yeah, we we'll probably do one of those, but I don't want to overload the this season on comedy. But I do. You're right, though. It, th- these are both comedies, but just like just like what you said, I look at these as two completely different movies. Yeah. Like, they are so different. Yeah. And Ace Ventura actually was like a part of my childhood. Yeah. So like this would be an interesting thing to talk about. I cool. Think. Yeah. So in the meantime, catch us on Twitter at Real Change Pod. I myself, I am at CM underscore Stabs. And I'm at William Rankin eighty three. Don't forget subscribe, da- subscribe, review, rate iTunes. Perfect. And we'll see you next time for the next episode of When Did That Come Out? February 1994, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective.